Hey, this is Vicki and Paul, and it's March, and it's uh, the second ever Lady Swish podcast. Our first one was a while ago. We haven't written as much as we would have liked, so we figured it's March, and it's a good time to talk about women's hoops. Let's do it. Well, let's start with VCU. Um, it's a tough one today. Um, you know, they've had such a great season, and today, you know, they have a tendency to fall behind, and uh, they've in this tournament, they had two big four quarters in their quarterfinal and semifinal and today it kind of was shaping up like that again one more big fourth quarter but today it was Fordham that kind of was able to take it away and, and they're the champions. And kudos to Stephanie Gately because she's special she's a former Richmond coach uh, and also VCU uh, they're going to get to play again uh, by yeah. winning the regular season they will uh, they will get an automatic bid to the WNIT, which is, is pretty special for a team that won seven games last year. Right, and that's that's the thing. I mean, I know they're disappointed, obviously, that they didn't take that one more step. But when you look at where they were and kind of just the season they had, the top seed in the conference, you know, 20, what is it, four wins? And um, and, and no seniors. I mean, I think Bethel Boyle is... is you know. What's amazing, and, and their defense is truly legit. I mean, they just, it's so hard to score on them. They're long, they're athletic, and they really, I was talking to Coach O'Boyle earlier in the season, and she said the players really pride themselves. They really, you know, want that identity as a great defensive team. So she's had tremendous buy-in, and um, it's just a great season. And like you said, they're not done yet. Yeah, Coach O was our, uh, our, our Lady Swish Coach of the Year, uh, and it's almost like we hated not to give it to another coach we're going to talk about now, Sean O'Regan. Uh, right. Well, just real quick on O'Boyle, I want to say that um, when she recruited this class, uh, she said, you know, this is the class that's going to do great things. And they won seven games last year, and you kind of, you know, you say, okay, coach, we'll trust you. But it's like she knew when she brought these players in. I mean, she knew that this could happen, and it has. So I give her a lot of credit for kind of knowing what she brought in and knowing how to mold and shape this group and, and the results that have followed. Well, I love what she's done done with this program. Uh, and and you know, now, without further ado, we'll, we'll get to Coach O'Regan, uh, who uh, texted us earlier today. Uh, it looked shaky for Kamaya Smalls yesterday. She came out of the game, fell on her right hand, her shooting hand, uh, and, and, you know, didn't did not return. We had to wonder it. You know, is she going to play again for the CA tournament or beyond? But he tells us she's ready to go, and I know that Duke's fans are breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah, so we are too. <laughs> you know, I think everyone is. And, you know, we were at uh, her first game uh, as a freshman. I think they played Tennessee. Yeah. And um, she had poise in that game, well, just a freshman. We were just kind of blown away by just what she showed like right out of the box and the hope was that you know boy can you imagine what she's going to be like as she develops and and here we are two years later and I've got to believe she's going to be the CAA player of the year and she just has gotten better and better you know they JMU is great with that coach Reagan coach Brooks before him that whole staff they're great about helping players develop and being kind of the best version of themselves and she's another great example of, of uh what can happen? I mean, she kind of a shaky three-point shooter last year, and 
we remember Coach O telling us over the summer, oh, she's really worked on it, she's really gotten better, and you kind of like, okay, let's see, and I mean, she's 41% from three this year. I mean, just added another dimension to his, her game, and, and it, uh, so when, you know, the injury, the first thought, obviously it's, you know, that would be terrible for JMU, but, you know, our first thought was kind of, for her, you know, just you do all that work and you put yourself in a position and if something were to happen right at the end and, and you, you know, you weren't able to go forward, I mean, you know, JMU will keep playing, but it would have been terrible if uh, if she had to sit out, but now it doesn't look like that's the case, so. Yeah, and now they're in a, in a pretty good position, I think, to, to win their first CA title under O'Regan. I mean, it, it certainly seemed like he was... Uh, they were going to win the last couple of years. They hosted and lost to Elon. Uh, last year, lost again. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd like to think that this is their year after the kind of season that they've put together. Uh, we talked about it. We were actually at the game, uh, non-conference game. They came down to, uh, to Hampton and appeared to be running away with the game when all of a sudden, you know, Hampton's press... Uh, got ferocious again, and I think JMU maybe got a little bit complacent, and uh, that was a, a loss, probably, uh, you know, one they certainly would love to have back. Uh, they lost, I think, by a point to Wake. Uh, of course, they went to Maryland and lost, uh, and, and there was one more. Uh, oh, UNC Wilmington. Yeah, Wilmington. Uh, and our, our old friend, uh, Karen Barefoot. Yeah, uh, certainly, uh, you know, one of the best stories in the CAA is, is how well Wilmington has done. They're the only team in the, in the league to have picked up a win over JMU. But, uh, but you know, it's funny. You ticked off, uh, you know, the four JMU losses. I mean, they've won every other game, and often in dominant fashion. It's kind of, when the season started, they had a lot back from last year, and you know, it kind of seemed like they had the potential to be this really great team. And, and it's, uh, in the words of the great Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. I mean, they're 26 in the RPI, which is just amazing. That's usually a team that high, uh, even if they don't win the their conference tournament. If you're 26 in the RPI, that's usually worth an at-large bid. Now, yeah, nobody's talking about, you know, and, and we, of course, knock the process often the way it's done. The Power Five teams with, with double-digit losses uh, often get in over a, a team like James Madison that, you know, comes in maybe with, with well, they, they four or five losses, and that, that would be a shame if that happened. Obviously, we don't want to see uh, the right. question even come up because right. we'd like yeah, to see them get the automatic bid. But Coach O is probably pulling his hair out. Sorry, Coach, about uh, I've been talking about them not winning the CAA because they they put themselves in great position, assuming everybody's healthy. Um, they're the clear favorite in that conference, and and. Um, you know, they have an excellent shot to play their way, invite themselves to the NCAAs. Yeah, they, they're going to open up uh, against Hofstra or Elon this week. Uh, after that, uh, you know, assuming they get through, they, they could end up playing Delaware on Delaware's uh, home floor. Uh, it's always tricky tournament sure. time, and, and you never know, like, uh, someone gets hot. Uh, but, I mean, JMU, they've been here before. They know the drill. I mean, this team, even though they haven't won the tournament, they have a lot of players that have been in tournament situations. The schedule, the non-conference schedule sort of prepared them for a lot of a lot of situations. And, and uh, again, anything can happen, but they're obviously the clear favorite. 
Our, our other state team in the CAA tournament is William and Mary. Uh, they're going to open up against the, the College of Charleston, which which beat them earlier this year. Uh, we'd like to see them get through that. Of course, then they'd have to play Drexel. Uh, they they were able to beat Drexel in three overtimes behind uh, 32 by Bianca Boggs, who if you an amazing player. Yeah, I mean last night we were uh, going through the the players of the year for the the state, and we had kind of the first four pretty clear cut uh, in, in Taylor Emery and Kamaya Smalls. Uh, list the other two for me. Uh, who am I forgetting? Oh my goodness. Um, uh... Come back to me on that. Yeah, I'll come back to you. I feel terrible. We had a a, a a fifth spot open, and you know we were talking about VCU, but they're such a team that you know none of them, all of them are good, none of them are great. Uh, so we were kind of looking around, like okay, some other possibilities, and we ran t- into Bianca Boggs, uh, who's probably done more for her team than any player in the state this year. Uh, score a rebounder she assists we didn't even put it in but she's ninth in the league in block shots does a little bit of everything uh tribes had another good year under ed swanson well and it, it, you know we're talking about coach o'regan and player development i mean you know coach swanson at william and mary doesn't have to take a backseat to anybody when it comes from getting players and helping them kind of max out and you see players at William and Mary when they're freshmen and when you see them as sophomores and juniors they're so much better. You see them in November and then you see them in March and they're so much better. The team really comes together. I mean he just does a great job there and, and um, what I love about Bianca is she's so smooth. You watch her play and it's it's not a lot of flash or but she just she can get to her spots. She knows what to do. She seems like sometimes it seems like there's two of her out there because it's like she's got a rebound or she's got a steal or she's got a it's just a, a terrific player and hard to overlook. And by the way, speaking just, of overlooking, yeah, we <laughs> for overlooked. The record, uh, we had uh, our five players a year. Ashley Bates from Hampton, who just kind of has to be seen to believe. I mean, if you just watch them walk out in the court she's not physically imposing she doesn't you know seem like maybe the greatest athlete and then the game starts and she is everywhere I mean it, it, it it's amazing she's stealing the ball she's making a layup she's drawing a charge she just does all of these things and she was really an important player for them without scoring a lot of points and this year She's kind of added scoring to her arsenal, and now she's leading the Big South in scoring, in addition to being this great defender and this great ball hawk. And it's it just. Top 10 nationally in steals, I believe. Uh, third nationally yeah, in steals. Yeah, third nationally in steals. Know, uh, almost four and a half a game. Just an amazing player who kind of. You have to see her in a game to appreciate just the kind of impact she can have on a game. And just to close out on our players of the year, uh, Nicole Cardano Hillary from uh, George Mason. Right, was, be- becomes a second player in a row from Mason to win player of the year. Natalie Butler, uh, the UConn transfer, won it last year. Uh, Cardano Hillary, just great scoring presence for the Patriots, who, uh, you know, we'd like to see George Mason's season continue in the WNIT. Not so sure it will, but. Uh, Possibility. Well, put themselves in position. And when you have a player like Natalie Butler and how much she did for them last year, I mean, a lot of teams can really take a step back when you lose a player like that. But uh, 
you know, George Mason, um, you know, they really came together and they had a, a, a very solid season. I mean, they're, uh, I believe they're 16 and 14. I mean, they put themselves in position. And, you know, Cardonia Hillary was such a, I mean, her first game there as a freshman, I mean, she lit up Michigan. I think she had 23, 24 points. Yeah, Michigan's a big-time team, and that was her first game, and you kind of knew, you know, this is a special player, and, you know, everything you thought based on that game, she's kind of lived up to and more, and this year she had some huge games and, you know, carried George Mason at, at times, and they have a lot of other nice pieces, yeah, too. Yeah, J.C. Bolton had a real nice year and, and nice end to her season. Uh, but she's, you know, a very deserving Atlantic 10 Conference Player of the Year, and, again, we hope... You know, there's something in the cards for them as well in the postseason. Speaking of, you know, we, we talked about overlooking a few things. I, I feel a little bit like we, we had our, our coaches of uh, the year, and uh, we mentioned five coaches, and we had five players we mentioned in, in, earlier this week in Lady Squish Posts. Uh, Got to talk about Radford, uh, because oh, I think maybe we might have, you know, it, it was hard, again, making our list last night and, and looking at, Radford and kind of the core of players that that Mike McGuire has, uh, Felgemacher, Savannah Felgemacher, the transfer from JMU who became eligible this year, is very important to them. She's been in and out or, with the back injury, uh, very important piece. Uh, Lydia Rivers overachieved this year. I know she's one of your favorite players and, to talk about. What, a, what an athlete, what a player, what a rebounder. I, it, you know, we don't have any, in our five, we didn't have any Radford players, and I blame uh, Coach Mike McGuire. He's got uh, he's got too many good players. I mean, it's hard to pick. I mean, you know, Felgemarker started out with a 20-20 and 20 in her first game this season, and we're like, oh, my God. And then she gets hurt, and Cindy Nunley comes out of nowhere, and we're like, really? And she's the three-time Big South Player of the Week. And she's had a 20-rebound game herself, and she's been a monster. Destiny Walker. Well, and, and just real quick on Nunley, I talked to, to, to Coach McGuire, uh, I think it was after the Hampton game, and, and, I mean, he was telling me he didn't see the type of season that, that she's had. He wasn't sure that the light would come on, but she did the off-season work. She dropped some weight. Uh, she's just turned into a monster. a monster, yeah, both on the boards and, and, and great presence on the block uh. so they just have all of these weapons and they're uh, again kind of like JMU a clear favorite and a, a competitive big south nobody's saying it's going to be easy but Radford has positioned itself you know as the clear favorite and we'll see what happens in the big south tournament this week yeah, Hampton is also what Hampton was picked to pick was picked fourth in the league in the preseason. Uh, they, they've kind of had a, a strange season. Well, for them, uh, they've been up and down a little bit. Of course, we wrote earlier in the season, David Six, you know, one of the phenomenal stories in the game because he he had a stroke back in June, won the uh, the Summit Award named for uh, Coach Pat Summit, won it for Courage. You know, Coach Six is not supposed to be on the sidelines, certainly wasn't supposed to be on the sidelines as early as he was. He had to relearn how to walk and talk. Uh, not only did he do that, he <laughs> is, is leading this Hampton team to, you know, pretty good heights for them. They're, they have uh, their traditional defense, but they've got some punch offensively this year. Well, you know, the funny thing about Hampton is they had so much success in the MEAC, and it, he... Coach Six set the bar so high, the standard so high that 
when they lose a, f- a few games, you're kind of like, what's wrong with Hampton? But when you step back and look at their overall season, I mean, they're the third seed in the conference. They beat Radford during the regular season. Radford got them back the second time. But they've sort of proven that they can beat anybody. And I don't think that anybody in the Big South, given the way Hampton won tournaments in the uh, MEAC and the success they had there, come tournament time, you know that's a coach and that's a program that knows how to get it done this time of year. So Hampton's the third seed, but... uh, I'm pretty sure nobody is looking forward to playing them this week in the Big South tournament. Yeah, uh, Liberty, you know, we wish they were in the Big South just so we could have another of our teams in that conference, but they're now in the A-Sun, and and they're playing this week. Uh, Kind of could sneak into the championship. Uh, Well, it it, it set up very very well for them. Um, They won their first game. They won a quarterfinal on Friday. You know, nice... uh, first tournament victory in a new league and then they caught a break when uh we think they caught a break well i mean on paper they caught a break because stetson was the number two seed and liberty was set up to have to go to stetson to play in the semifinal. now they'll be playing at the vine center Uh right and kennesaw state they they upset stetson and so instead of traveling to the two seed now they're going to host the the seventh seed and again you know, it's tournament time, anything can happen, but that's, they again, put themselves into a great situation to advance to now the... Um, Certainly, Kerry Green knows, knows how to prepare yeah, a team, a, you another, know, for a conference tournament. Another I coach, mean, like, like, what was it, 17 out of 22 years, they won the Big South. Yeah, pretty they, dominant. And, they're the uh, defending champion, actually, even though they're not in the Big South. They won it last year and went to the NCAA, so they put themselves in a great position. Now, Florida Gulf Coast... Um, kind of own that they kind of are the liberty uh you know what liberty was in the big south florida gulf coast is in the a-sun right so. and they sort of loom they've got a, a semi-final game to play on wednesday also but you know they they loom as uh, the the road to the title often goes through florida gulf coast and it's setting up that year again but you know liberty has put themselves in a good position to have a chance at, at uh, winning yet another conference title and I know uh, Old Dominion, of course, Conference yeah. USA tournament is this week. And uh, again, it was hard for us almost not to pick Nikki McRae as the coach of the year. She's done a phenomenal job with, with a team that also didn't win very many games, eight last year. Uh, the whole roster turned over uh, just about. We had a, Taylor Edwards came back, uh, Victoria Morris, which was one of her recruits, returned. But everybody else is, is brand new. Uh, in the uniform, and you know, I don't, I don't know that they're going to win the Conference USA this year, but certainly they're in a position uh, to make some noise in the tournament. Well, I mean, we could spend this whole podcast, you know, asking me what I think of Coach McCray and the job she's done there. But suffice to say that uh, I mean, they're well coached. They have an identity. I mean, they're going to go downhill and attack the rim. They're going to be tough defensively. They're going to like give you 40 minutes of effort, and and she's instilled that in them, and they've bought in. And uh, nothing that happens this week with that team will surprise me in the Conference USA tournament. I mean, if they're in the final, uh, you know, they're good enough. I mean, they probably gave Rice its toughest. Yeah, Rice went undefeated in the late 16 and 0. Great season. They ranked. 24th in the country, and when the teams played in Houston, 
a few weeks ago. Old Dominion was right there. They wound up losing by six. You know, free throws are an issue. I mean, they get to the line a lot. They don't always convert. But, you know, they're the fifth seed, so they're not projected to win. But Another based, of those teams nobody probably really wants to play on the yeah, line. Based on uh, what we've seen, I mean, they, they have as good a shot as anybody. And it's a neutral floor in Frisco, Texas. Uh, you know, I... Yeah, let's see what happens. Nothing would surprise me with that team. Let's just leave it at that. Before we close out, uh, you know, let's talk about just Virginia Tech. Watching a, a little of the uh, conference tournament games today on TV, we see uh, Tech listed as maybe one of the first four out. I didn't really see Tech going to the tournament after the conference season they put together. They, they played some very close games, didn't win enough of them, uh, you know, had a, got to the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament. Pretty good-looking team behind uh, Taylor Emery, but uh, you like Reagan McGarity, I know, Well, too, I just want to say, when we picked our five best players, we spread it out. I mean, Reagan McGarity has the credentials to be on any list of five that anyone wants to make. I mean, she's had a terrific year. She's an amazing rebounder, an amazing scorer in the low post. I mean, she can bring the ball up. I mean, I... It, you know, we talk about Bianca Boggs and who does who does more for a team. I mean, Rager McGarity is in that conversation. She just she does so much for Virginia Tech. And I, I just want to say on resume, when they the committee starts crunching the numbers, you know, I don't know if Tech has you know the resume maybe that they'll need to get in, but. That's an NCAA tournament caliber team. There's no question. I mean, they went overtime with Syracuse, overtime with NC State, you know, overtime with Clemson in the ACC tournament. They've proven that they can play at that level. They belong at that level. And if somehow they were to get in, um, they could do some damage. I mean, they're that good. Uh, If they could have maybe reversed a couple of those overtime games and, and got a few more of those wins under their belt, It'd be a different conversation. They didn't, so they're kind of at the mercy of the committee and and what happens. But, you know, wherever they wind up, I mean, Virginia Tech will be a really tough out. They've done a nice job. Yeah, and just a a word about committees. And, I mean, we talked earlier, JMU's got this terrific RPI. Uh, Again, nobody's really talking about them receiving an at-large bid if they fail to win the CA tournament, which, again, we don't want to see happen, but... You know, you see a team like, you know, Tennessee now projected to be in the, in the tournament. Uh, and want to make it clear, we, we love uh, the Lady Vols. Love, you know, Pat Summit's my personal favorite, probably all-time coach in, in any sport. So, and, and I love I'm, Holly as well. I love, I love how Holly has kind of handled this whole situation. But I don't really think this Lady Vol team is an NCAA caliber team. But I think if it comes down to it, you know, that kind of team gets in over a, over a JMU-type team that only has a couple of losses. Uh, well, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, RPI, records, and all these things, usually what it comes down to is... Who did you beat? Right. And if you're a JMU or a Radford, or, you don't get very many opportunities to play, you know, those top teams. So they, they often don't want to come to your building... And so you don't get the opportunities to play those games. If you're in a power league, you play a ton of them. And um, 
if you win two or three, uh, that will be the difference when they compare you to, say, a JMU that, you know, they played Maryland. You know, that's it's, it's Maryland at Maryland, yeah. And, right. And, and when you're a team like JMU, you, you play that non good non conference schedule. You've got to be ready early. I mean, you've got to pull an upset. Uh, often, it's, it's not enough to. Yeah. Uh, Basically, you're if you're not in a Power Five league, you're evaluated from November, November and December. And if you're in a Power Five league, you're evaluated from November to March. And it's almost like minus UConn. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. They're still in their own own league and. Uh, Deservedly so. But it's almost like all the games JMU played after their non-conference schedule could only hurt. Their, a loss could hurt, but the wins didn't help. I, you know, you hate to go on about this. It is what it is. Uh, if JMU takes care of business this week. You know, it's, it doesn't matter. And you know, Tennessee is. Uh, well, they're going to have a long week this week, whether they get in or not. They're going to have to sweat it out, and that's a position that Lady Vols fans aren't haven't often been, have never been in. Right. Frankly. Exactly. All right, well, let's wrap this one up. Um, come back uh, maybe next weekend when we have a couple of... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was about to wrap it up, but uh, we did receive... Saw some news tonight that uh, Michael Schaefer is no longer the coach at Richmond. Um, he was one of our favorite people to deal with in the state, in the sport. Uh, and he had he had an excellent run at Richmond. The last uh, couple, you know, last few years have been kind of tough they certainly had a difficult season this year but it's no question he's an excellent coach uh, and um, obviously if he wants to get back in I think some there are programs out there that'd be very lucky to have a coach of his caliber if it didn't work out at Richmond they'll go in another direction but it's not really a comment on his abilities as a coach he's, he's proven to be an excellent coach yeah yeah we're gonna miss him we uh we hope he lands on his feet know that he will actually such a good guy um we'll be back because uh, we like doing this type of thing now at least i think we do uh, <laughs> don't know for sure but uh we'll have some more results picture for the postseason will be a little bit clearer until then i'm vicky i'm paul Thanks for listening to Lady Swish.